and welcome to another episode of Talking Bollocks. Hello, it is me, your host, Howard H. Smith. You kind of knew that anyway, didn't you? If you're here, you kind of knew. Well, I am the lead singer with UK thrash band Acid Rain. I am also a stand-up comedian performing as the character Keith Platt, uh, possibly at a venue near you soon, one day, hopefully, you never know. And I also um, present the Motorcast, the official Motorhead podcast. Well, I'm going to throw something else in there as well. Um, Wherever you're listening to this, on whatever device, there is a description of the podcast. And in that description, there will be a link saying The Reducer. Um, The Reducer is a podcast. There's only three episodes old. They're not particularly regular, but we're going to try and improve on that. And it's myself and two uh, friends who I have known for 25, 30 years, um, which is David Klein and Dave Rothney. Uh, We met doing stand-up. Dave Klein is a a writer and, and filmmaker. And um, uh, Roth, uh, Dave Rothney, who's a stand-up comedian, runs his own runs his own club, and is also an independent journalist. And so we basically, like the title suggests, we try and reduce a topic down to its uh, its bare bones by uh, by talking about it and swearing a lot and trying to make each other laugh. So there you go. Um, if that sounds interesting, the reducer, the link is in the description of the podcast. Go and subscribe. Let me know what you think. So hey. It's about time, isn't it? Now we've got my ego out of the way. It's about time for what's been happening in the world of metal since we last spoke. Well, um, here is the news. It's slightly, yeah, it's going to be yeah, massively um, uh, truncated because I am going to do it like this. So the news is... Um, D. Schneider of Twisted Sister says he got three hundred thousand dollars for I Want to Rock version in uh, for the version of I Want to Rock in SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Awesome, cool. That's that story. Um, next up, Halloween new album cracks top ten in more than ten countries. Well done, Halloween. Nice to have you back. Even if you have got two singers, it's a bit mad, but it seems to be working. Uh, next up, it's Motley Crue's Nikki Six celebrates twenty years of sobriety. Well, there you go. Aren't we all really pleased for Nikki? Stay off the sauce, Nikki. You do good stuff when you're not on the sauce. Um, and next up, uh, Alex Lifeson says there's no way Rush will ever exist again. Believed the band's final tour couldn't have been better. Yeah. Are you listening, Portnoy? That's where you heard it from. Alex Lifeson. And Gajira announced 2022 European tour with alien weaponry and employed to serve. A good bill if you like any of those bands. And if you do, you're in heaven, aren't you, really? But there's, there's something for everyone on that bill. Isn't that nice? Yes. And we've also got... Anthrax's Frank Bellow says writing his memoir has been cathartic. I think I needed to do it. Well, please for you, Frank. I'm not rushing to read it. Uh, I will get round to it. But, um, yeah, it's cool. And it's clearly helped him out. So we're all pleased about that, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. So that's the end of the news. Now, hang on a second. Hmm. Bit of dry mouth. The um, presenters slash talkative bastards curse. Um, the reason I've gone through everything so quickly is I've just had a really interesting conversation with a friend of mine um, my best mate called Anthony who I had him on the Slipknot episode when um, when I did a special episode for their, when they released their first single ahead of the new album um, that's in case you, you remember him anyway we had this conversation and he, he 
we, we talked about metal as we do, and um, he made two really, really interesting points, and uh, and it just got me thinking, and I just, yeah, I wanted to see what you guys thought as well. Um, he was, I said, so, you know, what are you listening to at the moment? And he said, nothing. And I was like, right, okay. And he was like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm looking for something, but I can't find it. There's nothing out there that's really grabbing me, that's making me go, right, yes, whoa, that's that is it and i was like right okay is that just you know is is, is are you being realistic here you know um and he made the point well he basically said that he he felt that um metal as a genre we were just we were just stagnating a bit for a while now that, that there's no um it's almost like he feels like you know that the whole scene is in a in a holding pattern waiting for the next you know the next big thing the next departure the next big genre to come along um and i thought it was it was weird because we were having a chat and i literally i i was on my i was on my um earphones and i just stopped what i was doing i was like i was walking and i just stopped and i just say that again i just thought he might have a point you know i mean it's as long as i can remember there's always there's always been that sort of almost dominant genre of metal that is getting more attention than everything else and it's breaking mainstream and um and you know every, everywhere you look every website's got stories on bands who all play this kind of stuff because it's you know in vogue right now and and i was thinking yeah it's a long time isn't it it's a long time since i mean when was the last one maybe new metal you know i mean before that it was grunge um, and we we had hair metal and thrash, but there was a big, there was quite a, you know, a, there was quite a gap between hair metal and thrash. And yeah, it it kind of feels like we're about due, aren't we? It, it, we're about due for the next big, um, you know, genre to come along and lead the way and take us out of, you know, and just basically, I don't know, shine a light, bring something new. God, we had rap metal as well, didn't we? And funk metal. I'd forgotten about that. I mean, they're not all successes, are they? <laughs> you know, um, it's not a case of everyone's a winner. It's you just got to. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. That, but that's the nature of experimentation, isn't it? Not everyone's going to like what you do. But it's weird because, you know, I just don't remember the last time. I, I, you know, I remember looking at a website or, or seeing a magazine. It's like, oh, God, you know, this kind of music again. You know, like, oh, they're all wearing check shirts or they're all wearing corpse paint or whatever. But it's, it's not, you know, it, it, it's a long time since that happened. And um, I just kind of wonder if, um, yeah, well, no, I think we are. I think we are due for that to change. Um, there's always been, I mean, when it, when, when it was thrash dominating the, all the press and the scene and, and the world of metal, of course, I didn't notice because I loved it. <laughs> so I was bang up for it. But then, you know, you see genres come along that you might not be particularly particularly fans of um like new metal and i say that for you the benefit of the listener because i quite like a, a, a fair amount of new metal but anyway um yeah it, it's it, it, it it's it's just not happening is it you know it's, it's not there's there's nothing out there that's and don't get me wrong um it's not always a good thing i mean i don't think you know am i really gonna go there am i gonna try and slag off grunge am i gonna and yet then I'm going to espouse the joys of new metal. I mean, that's not really, is that, is that who I am? Is that, is that how, you know, that sounds like the wrong side of history to me. Um, what can I say? Look, all, all genres, anything that happens 
is is positive. That's my thing. Even if the music sucks, right? Even if the music sucks at the time, yeah, you may that 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 music may end up bringing somebody to metal who then finds you know finds Metallica, finds Voivod, finds fucking Soundgarden, whatever, and and then they are in the scene and they may, they may go on to create stuff as well and and expand the scene. I mean, you know, look, you can make you can say as many derogatory comments as you like about Limbiscuit and you know everybody has over the years but there was a minute there when they shone a light on playing really heavy music and people really liking it and it's selling massive amounts now I know a lot of people think that you know commercialism is bad popularity is bad well you know we're like that aren't we metal scene is insular we all we're all very proud of our scene and um you know we're we're if if something comes along that we consider is you know contaminating it like limbiscuit and i do quite like some limbiscuit so i'm not they're just the example um i haven't got a dog in this fight but when someone like comes along we don't have look down our fucking noses at it oh god don't we hey oh and then when it's successful we use that as proof of how shit it is. When they, sell, you know, when they're selling millions and they're on every, you know, they're they're on every music channel you can imagine, and they're, you know, their their videos are going viral and everything, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, but but we're looking down our noses and using that massive success as as our validation that yeah, look look how shit it is. You know, millions of people like it. Everyone likes it. It must be shit because our favourite bands. No, no, nowhere near them how people like them. So that they must be shit. Um, I mean, it is. It is kind of weird that when you know when anyone smashes it really big, we all do. And I include myself in this sort of you know. Well, maybe I maybe I don't sort of look down my nose on it. I, I probably did as a kid, you know, and like bands selling out, and you know. Um, but I think as you get older, you're pleased for people's success, you know. And you think, wow, that's really cool, you know. If if, if a, that deep into your career. You know, you can have a you can have a big album, then go for it. And even if it's somebody you know starting out, like a Limp Biscuit, and they you know they blow up, good for them, good for them. You know, success that could be very fleeting. You know, I've just done what I hate, and that's put the word "very" in front of a word that doesn't need "very" in front of it. I do apologise, um, but yeah, success can be really fleeting. They might never have anything like that again. Mm. Dry mouth is killing me. Sorry. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is, without a new big genre coming along and selling a shitload of records and going mainstream and all of us hating it, um, uh, it, it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. But what I'm saying is when these things happen, it's a good thing. It's like, you know, when you're watching those documentaries and there's a forest fire and you, and you see all the animals are running for their lives and all that, and you think, oh, isn't that terrible? Oh, oh it's awful. And, you know, they, and they, they I was going to say the commentator, <laughs> that's, they don't commentate on nature programmes. And the fire is burning the forest down, it's burning the forest down. It's, it's, oh, yeah, and the fire is burning the forest down. And there's, it's now, oh, it's moved on to, it's, it's, oh, it's into town. It's into town. Now it's taking sheds as well. No, it, obviously, it's narrator. Sorry. <laughs> um uh, it, so the you know the narrator is narrating this forest and describing it you know going up in flames and you're seeing all the plants and you say and even the badgers are running away hopefully they'll make it and you know something like that and then and then it pauses and then from the ash you start seeing these little green shoots coming through and you think ah oh, right and then the the tone of the narrator is softened but from destruction 
comes new life and the forest is reborn even better so what i'm saying is well you get it don't you obviously i mean if you don't then i've really just wasted mine and your time for the last minute doing all of that fucking documentary bullshit um it should be a good thing and we're kind of due one you know um, it's like, it's almost like the opposite of a cull, you know. It's it, well, it is the opposite of a cull. Um, it's somebody blowing up and getting even bigger. Um, but I'd I'd like to see. I'd just like to see where we're going with this awesome music that we all love so much, you know. Because we, you know, we dedicate huge, huge parts of our time, money, and um, attention following you know metal i mean everybody i know is into metal if you're listening to this podcast right you check metal websites for the news fuck me please tell me you do because if you're getting it from me jesus you need to put in a little bit more effort okay um but um yeah you know then if you listen to this you'll be you yeah you've got you might even have a metal radio station app on your phone or or whatever you know there there's there's there is a certain amount of dedication slash obsession about us and we care deeply about you know our, our music and that's why i want to see the next you know the next event the next the next iteration of metal of where we're going um and and you know who's doing it and what it sounds like and if you think that it's already around and by that i don't mean like you know oh check this band out they don't sound like anyone else isn't it amazing i get that right but what i'm saying is check this band out isn't it amazing no one's doing what they've they're doing and no one's done what they've done and they're on the verge of like blowing up do you know what i mean if you've got like one song on a split seven inch i ain't fucking interested <laughs> but if you've got some suggestions hit me up on social media folks come on you know the routine at talking bollocks ending with a z uh, not an s uh, that's on Twitter, and it's the same on Instagram, same on Facebook. So come find me uh, and and let me know, see what you think. Um, so if or am I talking utter bullshit? I, I'd love you to throw that one at me as well. Um, and the conversation continued with my friend Anthony, and he was saying, you know, like I was just saying, I you know I check Blabbermouth, you know, most days, and I'm always. And he said, yeah, and I, w- I went through two pages the other day, and the biggest story on there was about Don Dokken. Who gives a fuck about Don Dokken? <laughs> um, uh, his words, not mine. Uh, don't sue me, Don. But um, but I know what he means. It's like, you know, you go through pages and pages of blabbermouth now, and it's like, you know, Dave Mustaine has reduced his um, Californian mansion by 500,000. This is now 3.1 million. And then a load of people commenting underneath going, oh, yeah, nice one, Dave. Oh, Dave's got a load of money. Oh, like, oh whatever. And and then you, then you know then then there's another story and another story. Oh, Vince Neil, uh, Vince Neil's had a barbecue and some mates round. Right, okay, cool. Um, and we just seem to have turned into this. I know I've mentioned this before, but you know I'm now instead of doing the news, I'm basically slagging off the news because there is no fucking news. And this is what led to the conversation um, between uh, Anthony and myself about you know everything stagnating. Um, right, okay, I'm going to have to pause there because it started fucking raining and I've got to, I'm going to have to bring my clothes in because they're drying. Oh, fuck! 
and via the miracle of the pause button I'm back um, and um, well it's a thunderstorm actually it's gone very dark how fucking metal am I right fucking yeah recording the podcast it's so fucking metal I've made the heavens angry and it is now dark pissing down with rain um, and that's pissed off the parakeets as well um, so you, 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 you occasionally will hear squawks occasionally or you've already noticed that occasionally you hear squawks in the background of interviews that I do or indeed of these rambling intros and that is the wild parakeets that have um, started living uh, nearby and feed on my balcony anyway that was a nice fucking interlude wasn't it so as I was saying to Anthony he was saying to me I've got to go through pages and pages of blabbermouth all this absolute crap this fucking entertainment fucking gossip and you're looking for a story on a band that you haven't heard of or or a band who have you know released a third album and every you know everyone's saying it's amazing and that you know they really have um completely overused phrase most fucking annoying thing ever captured lightning in a bottle Really? Have they? Has somebody genuinely done that musically? Then let's fucking hear it. Yes, great. That is the... And I, I, I got what you were saying, you know? Going through the news stories, it's like, no, I don't want to know what fucking Ted Nugent thinks about vaccines. No, I don't want to know about, you know, property prices. No, I don't want to see who's got engaged. Well, I mean, look, what I'm saying is there's not a lot of news around at the moment, but it's rolling news. And that's... that's we're just part of that world now. Um, and that's where the metal community lives online as much as, you know, any, anywhere else. So, anyway, um, it's about time I got into an interview, isn't it? So, that was the most rambly um, intro in a while, wasn't it? So, uh, don't worry, you didn't do anything on uh, in particular to deserve that. That was purely just fallen out of my head, um, having had an interesting conversation today. So there you go. Um, it doesn't take much to inspire me, just a mere simple conversation and I'm off, I'm away. <laughs> anyway, um, it's now time for the interview, one that I really enjoyed doing because, of course, it was with Jace Lewis, who I know very well and I've worked with very well and, and you know, he produced our last album. He's great to work with recording vocals, etc., which is going to be something that comes up because, of course, Burton C. Bell um, is also a vocalist um, who I haven't had the opportunity well we've met but like fleetingly literally walked past each other and were like oh yeah hi that was that so anyway um, we had a really really good chat um, this is all about Ascension of the Watchers which is the um, which is Burton's new project it's a full on band um, so you know don't be thinking that he's going back to Fear Factory any uh, anytime soon but then again you know You'll 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 hear that um, from uh, from Burton himself in the not too distant future. Um, so the, uh, the the band um, have put out an album uh, Apocrypha, which I'm sure you all know. You all know this, and you've all heard it, etc. Uh, but there's also an awesome package coming out. They're bringing out. Uh, well, you're going to hear all about it. But there's you know the, uh, a two CD version with translations, which is the whole album remixed as well. Um, and it's all really, 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 really cool. So um, ascensionofthewatchers.com. How easy is that? So if, you know, if you like the sound of what we're talking about, just nip straight to ascensionofthewatchers.com after the interview and you'll be able to find out all that stuff and you know what I'll even put a link in the podcast that's nice of me isn't it anyway without further ado here is myself Burton and Jace having a chat the other day hello can you, can you, hello can you hear me yes definitely hear you excellent yeah, the technology. Yeah, 
Hi, Squire. How you doing? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yes, I'm doing uh, doing all right. Doing good. I, 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 I kind of feel, I kind of <laughs> yes. feel, I kind of feel like I'm I feel like I'm in in between two sort of you know two people who are having a long distance relationship and I'm getting in the way. <laughs> yeah, you heard of a it's called a squire sandwich, and you're the and you're the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Now, now I know. Now, now I know what it feels like to be cheese in a burger. Um, uh, I'm actually. Uh, it's actually one o'clock for me. I'm uh, on the east coast now. All oh, right. So uh, I'm actually driving. Oh, we are speaking. Oh, right. Are they, oh, this is brilliant. This couldn't get any more complicated. I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I got hands-free. I'm like Squire's new car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Insane. I got, a, I got a really lovely new car, and yet I got no sat, uh, no bloody, I've got no sat nav. I've got no hands-free. Yeah. But, uh, I do have 480 horsepower, which is, I'm not going to complain. I'm happy with that bit. 12 cylinders of death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, look, I, I think probably the best way this is going to work is um, if, I, if, if, if I ask the question to one of you, so one of you gets a chance to answer it, and if the other has something to add to it as well, um, come in after that because I think you know, otherwise we, we, we're going to end up. With, It'll get cluttered. Yeah, yeah, it's going to get it's going to get very cluttered. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like a plan to me. Cool, brilliant. Me too. Brilliant. Okay, well, look. First question. Um, uh, first question to you, Burton. Um, this I mean, ascension of the watches all you know came about quite a few years ago. Um, when when did it you know when did you think of Jace for the project? Um, it was probably when the, the first time I went over there. Jace was what 2016, 2017. Yeah. Uh, 2016, uh, and Jace invited me over to Wales. I happened to be in uh, Europe at the time, so I, I made the time to go visit him. Like. After Christmas, over a New Year's holiday, and uh, I had a couple ideas, and Jason's like, "Hey, we can record these ideas. Let me uh, come check out the studio." And uh, while we were there, Jason and I just seemed to hit it off really well, and Chase knew exactly what uh, I wanted to achieve, and had better ideas of how to achieve it, and just kind of organically grew into this great partnership. Is that, um, is that how it kind of, you know, is, is that your recollection, Jace, as well? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yes, I, you know, I hadn't long uh, opened up North Stone Studios. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, you know, it was, was sort of um, looking at, uh, looking, getting a few people in and, and just more trying to experiment with the studio, see what the studio would sound like and, and all of that. And it just so happened that the timing of that was perfect with what Burton wanted to do with the watches. Um, so, um, yeah, it was, it was like a, yeah, like a partnership made in heaven, really. Uh, when it was, uh, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, we'd known it, we'd been speaking together 
or to each other over several years prior. Yeah. Um, and we you know, always wanted to come over and visit Jason, check out his studio. And you know, he said he built it. He said he had been building one for a, a couple of years, and he said it was finally finished. He said, "Yeah, come on over." And uh, you know, as we were recording the ideas that I had, uh, Chase offered to play drums. I was like, "Oh, great! Why not?" <laughs> and uh, it just worked out. Uh, you know, as, as a drummer and as a as a producer. Uh, I mean, that is that is quite surprising i mean because i mean obviously you'd been you've been talking for a few years um is, is it um it, it, yeah it just strikes me as quite unusual that the fact that you just kind of looked at a studio and you felt comfortable enough after just a couple of hours to start like you know putting ideas yeah. out there well absolutely it was i mean I mean, honestly it took some time the comfort came in but it was chase how it was not just the studio, but it was Jay's as well. Um, the way he was able to really just communicate and help me. It was Jay's that really helped me feel comfortable. And, um, and it was, uh, he was able to get these ideas out. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of, really a lot of things. It was, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know, how would you say it, Jay's? It was just, you know, kind of. It was kind just of, a good vibe. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was like a, a natural vibe, um, you know, and uh, I think the magic kind of really started to happen when, um, you know, I'd have like Burton's riff uh, and then start producing a song and writing a lot of synths that I was doing on FL Studio. And that's where... Um, I really felt like a, a real gelling of, uh, of our ideas and, and direction because the two songs that we did together um, was uh, Ghost Heart and uh, The End Is Always The Beginning. Um, you know, Bert had the, yeah, there was like two, two brand new ideas. Bert had lyrics and, and, and these guitar riffs, but then putting them together with the structure you know, bringing in the structure and and uh, and of course synth synthesizer work in, in FL Studio, I felt that's what really sort of launched the comfort in uh, an excitement in working together on 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 the whole album. Absolutely. Really, it was, it was the uh, the starting point. Yeah, it was a flashpoint. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And um, and how did you find it recording uh, vocals with Jace? I mean, I'm I'm biased because obviously you know I, I I I don't know if you know this, but you know Jace recorded my band Acid Rain's album, and um, Absolutely, yes. and 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 he and I might add did a brilliant job. And I've 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 found working with Jace in the studio as a vocalist, just the two of us, I've found it probably the the easiest and most enjoyable sessions I've ever done. How did you find it? So it was fine. Um, you know, Chase helped me, uh, helped me find my voice again, really. It was, uh, you know, he was a great proponent in making that happen. And, uh, you know, it was, it just made, it just worked. It's, you know, nothing could have, you know, it called, kind of all fell together really perfectly, actually. Yeah. Uh, working with Chase was fine. He, Chase is a vocalist himself, so he understands what it takes and, yeah. You know, he, he, he knows how to massage the uh the vocal, he knows how to massage 
he, the vocals, he knows how to get the best performance. He knows how to produce vocals the best way possible. Yeah. And so obviously I've done vocals for a long time as well. So us working together and, you know, the techniques that we did is, you know, it just all came out really, really well. Well, I mean, you, you sound, and that, that comes across on the recording. It really does. I mean, it's your voice on that, uh, your voice on the album. Um, it's, it's, it's never sounded better. Well, thanks. Uh, you know, it's, we, that was the goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was, it was good fun. And it was like, um, you know, was, um, sort of carrying on from, from Bert, you know, because I'd, because I was familiar with his work, you know, there was a, a, a sort of certain style that Burton used to do that hadn't done, that he hadn't done for many, many years. So I, I really wanted to see if we could get that style back. And uh, and it was like blowing dust off old pipes. But uh, you know, when it when it you know when he when he really got on form, man, it was it was magical. And um, yeah, you know. I, it was magical, um, you know, because with me, I don't particularly, I try to stay away from using too much um, polishing up sort of techniques and, and software like autotune and all. I try to get the best out of people and, uh, and you know, Bert was delivering all the time, just bam, bam, one after another and, and no autotune was used. Uh, so, you know what you're hearing there is is the natural pocket that sort of Burton sits in the most comfortably, you know, uh, and it made sense because all the records that he did years ago, you know, they, it worked then. You know, I mean, it that's that's what gave him that sound and and uh, a, a technique and ability. So it was in the end, it became quite a an easy task, um, and it sounds so rich and full and, and powerful as it should. Yeah, and 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 it does. I mean, it sound it sounds huge. It really does. Um, and um, but I mean, I'm interested in. Obviously, you've you've got you know this incredible package coming out. Um, you know the, this double CD package with with remixes. Um, and um, I feel like a bit of a cheat, really, because I know the answer to this question because I spoke to you recently, Jace. But um, for for everybody, for everyone listening, um, so how did all of this come about? How did the double disc remixes and how did all that happen? Um, you can take well, it. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, uh, funny enough, me and Bird spoke about remixes years ago. Like, um, in fact, it was. I can remember when we were speaking about Essential the Watchers that there was an element of Fear Factory, uh, the remanufacture um, CD, and uh, Fear is a Mind Killer. I really loved those um, remix elements to the band. I thought it was groundbreaking to, uh, to you know, to sort of bring a lot of dance electronica to extreme metal kind of thing. I thought it was. I hadn't heard anyone do that, um, and. Uh, and for a little while, I, I tried to nudge or encourage maybe the watchers to go that way. Um, but, yeah. you know, Bert was kind of like, this is, you know, this is this is the vision I have for it. So I was able to bring more of a tribal percussion and bring some synths into that, of course, along with John Bechdel. 
who, who did keyboard works as well. But then because of lockdown, um, you know, we were going to head out on tour and lockdown happened. So uh, it was kind of the perfect opportunity to have that conversation again and uh, no better album than Apocrypha to remix because the songs on it are just explosive, you know, so. And this style of music actually suits very well for remixes in general. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, just, it just all made sense. It just, to me, it completely makes sense. Why, why not? You know, this is a style of music that Chase has always liked, I've always liked, you know, I haven't always had the opportunity to express that and here was the perfect opportunity. Yeah. And and that's that's uh, you know something I've got to follow up on. Was it um, was it uh, a, a, well? How did it feel having um, so much creative control um, within the project, but having maybe not had as much control in the past? Um, it felt great. It was uh, <laughs> yeah. liberating. It was absolutely liberating. I bet. And, uh, to, let the, to let these other artists, not just Jace and John, but these other producers, to express themselves, to reinterpret these songs in their own manner without really having much input at all was exciting at the same time. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. Um, and yeah, liberating is the word, especially if you're, you know, if you've been in a, an oppressive relationship, it's uh, it, that freedom, yeah. fe- freedom feels even better. Absolutely. The liberation was just, you know, you can hear it in the release of translations. And, uh, you know, even in Apocrypha, you can hear, you can hear the liberation and everything. It's just, it's just, sound powerful and just sound free and i think from your point of view jace um it was uh, it, it, you know the the whole remix project that's i mean that's that's right in your you know that's right up your alley isn't it well, yeah it is um and funny how things work out because you know i can remember I mean, you know, listening to the likes of sort of D Manufacture and really liking that, but then I think my imagination and um, uh, and excitement really got onto a high when when I was listening to Remanufacture. I mean, that blew my mind, and it opened up my 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 sort of visions really for for what I would like to do eventually someday as a as a solo artist. So for it to sort of come full circle and then get to do that with Burton you know it's it's like a it's almost like a favor returned because it did so much for me back in the day um but given that I've come on as a producer and and this is my sort of style of music that I enjoy doing um it was uh quite a quite a spooky moment to just be you know putting Burt's vocals on dance tracks that I wanted to do and music that I was involved in uh, some small parts of writing and, and, and producing it and mixing it. So it was, uh, it felt right. It all just felt like a, a good belonging. And and um, I just love the fact that I can hear Burton's voice on a remix again, you know, to me hearing <laughs> Burton's voice, hearing Burton's voice on sort of dance stuff. Um, it just goes hand in hand. It's really cool. It's, for me, it was exciting. It's like, well, I haven't heard this in a while. Yeah. And, uh, it was really exciting. It was, um, for me, it's fresh, and uh, I think it's uh, some, 
you know, obviously not every fan is going to enjoy it, but just like remanufacture, we knew that going into remanufacture. So it's the same thing. It's like not every fan is going to enjoy it, but there's going to be a lot of fans that will. And and I guess it's also it's part of that liberating process that that you're doing something like this again. And and you're and you're able to sort of push the boundaries of uh, of your fan base and you know and and find and find Absolutely. out you know what they can go with. Absolutely, and uh, you know I think there's it's like I said, not for everybody, but there's a lot of people who are going to dig it. Yeah, I, I I don't doubt that. And and Jace, you said you said that it was um, you know it was it was kind of spooky you know with putting a mix together with Burton singing on it and of course that's because you know what we haven't sort of mentioned and probably should is that you you know you you are a, a, a full-on you know proper Fear Factory fan yeah uh well I mean I yeah I mean you know I've been following Burt's career since 91 um and uh you know again I mean that played hand in hand with um you know, played played hand in hand when I was when I was producing his vocals and all that because I was so familiar of what I liked and what I didn't like, uh, and you know the early stuff of Bert um, was incredible. You know, vocally, I, I I really enjoyed it. So, you know, here I am doing a remix album with the man and uh, and putting his vocals on compositions of remix that I put together. So it, it yeah, it is uh, it, it is. Things happen that way, you know. It's, it's um, you know, it's like a butterfly effect. But um, you know, I'm, I'm has, just so glad. And Chase has that ability in his life to really, you know, speak, kind of speak to the universe early on and make things happen. And lo and behold, here you go. Chase works with me later on in his life. And that's uh, yeah. You know, just shows yeah. the power of power of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've got, I've got. Well, I've got to be honest with you, Burton. It was very much the same with me. You know, he'd always wanted to work with me, and you know, I, d- I decided <laughs> eventually. <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Just yeah, you say anything. How, you say, life works. Yeah, you say anything different, Jace, and I will cry. <laughs> oh no! I, yeah, I was born to work with acid rain. <laughs> as, as, yeah, yeah, completely believable as always. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, but it's it's it it took time as well. I mean, you know, there's 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 kind of interviews with you two, you know, wh- wh- three four years ago talking about uh, Ascension of the Watchers. But it it took time to come together. Um, wh- is that ju- was that just you know scheduling and stuff like that, or were there, you know were there were there other things at work? Uh, hard to explain it just happened when it happened really it's just the time it just it happened it was perfect timing the world uh, the world coming together um you know worlds colliding worlds falling apart it just time was right <laughs> yeah and um i know i mean you know as you said um jace the the, the pandemic actually works in your favor is this, you know, is the remix project something that you had in mind anyway, or or, or is it just something that you know, right? I've I've got nothing to do. I'm just going to sort of remix some tunes. Uh, it was, well, it was it, instead of touring, like Jay said before, he, yeah. he wanted to keep the relevance of the band in the forefront as much as possible. 
Right. But um, touring was not possible. It, ter- it turned out with, like I said, timing, he, the label Cherry Red taking a hold of our album and the rise of the album. We're like, hey, you know, it's perfect timing. Let's, let's, see what, let's see what Cherry Red can do for us. And Chase, Chase was the proponent of making this happen. Right. So you were the, you you were the one trying to get you know trying to get the remix uh, um, project off the ground then, Jace. Uh, I wouldn't say get it off the ground. Uh, Burton had started. Burton was speaking to a chap in um, in Germany called Stefan who had already pulled a remix together for for Bert. But I certainly wanted to, to like I've done with the Apocrypha album. You know, I I sort of handled the. Uh, the business element of it, getting it signed and, uh, and getting some money up front from a label. And, uh, you know, made, made ourselves known to, uh, to Cherry Red when, when they bought out Dissonance Records. Um, and, yeah, you know, it was just a simple thing of saying, this is what we're going to do. Um, would you like to get behind it? And I think I sent about three or four remixes and Dan at Cherry Red was blowing up about it and was like, yep, you know, really really into the idea and 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 as you know taking opportunity as well of the of the world being in lockdown so um yeah you know it's the lockdown that really gave birth to a to the remix album um yeah exactly and that but that, it, that's always that's always cool even for even for a bunch of wizened old pros like ourselves isn't it nice when the label shows enthusiasm about anything yeah, well, luckily we had a, a uh, our 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 um, addition. Essentially, the Watchers being a di- being a new addition to Cherry Red is also in alignment with a new addition to Cherry Red itself. That's uh, they, they hired Dan Tobin to take over a bunch of new things, and so luckily uh, Jace reached out to Dan, and he Dan Tobin was our go-to guy, and Dan Tobin. He used to work for Earache Records back in the day, and right. apparently we had met. Apparently, we had wor- not worked together before, but I've crossed paths in the past before. And uh, you know, just kind of one of those things. It was the right, the timing couldn't have been perfect. And Dan was, ex- Dan was excited to get this happening as well. That's awesome, man. It, I, it's you know, I mean, anyone listening to this who's going to be, you know, who's going to be after this, because obviously there's, you know, um, there are clips available that people can already see, uh, already hear, um, and the resp- I mean, the response to um, to the album um, has been, you know, for an outsider looking in, has been phenomenal. How do you, you know, Jace first, and then and then Burton, um, you know, how how do you, you know, you're happy with how it's been received? Are you pleased about you know the way it's gone down? Well, uh, translations or apocrypha or both? Apocrypha. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I mean, um, yeah. We we were. I mean, I am really, really surprised. I mean, Ghost Heart was uh, what was and still is being received so well. I mean, that, that seems to be the anthem of the uh, of the record for for, for sure. Um, and um, you know, uh, I think. Luckily, uh, the whole album has been written so well and obviously been produced decently and packaged as, as it should. Decently? Oh. <laughs> 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 All right, fantastically. Um, yeah, that's better. 
<laughs> you know, awesomely fantastic, just amazing in every way. The dynamics of production, the fact that EQing, yeah. uh, all the compression that was put on. I mean, it was really quite. You know, my God, it was. Just, wow, Dude, you know, the the production wow. the production is nearly up to acid rain standards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nearly. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I, it's been um, it's been very. Uh, reassuring to, to hear the feedback of everybody especially as well during that time it was quite difficult because obviously Burton had, had sort of d- departed from Fear Factory and you know we thought that might overshadow it in some way but the album stood on its own still does on its own feet it's got legs you know for its for its own right uh, uh, and uh, and you know given birth to like translations you know people are excited about that it's like an old format that that uh, was so synonymous to Burton back in the day is back again, you know, uh, just in a different a different medium, which is essential to watchers. So um, yeah. it I feels have, like a comfy I, pair of shoes, you know. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very, I am very proud of this record. I'm proud of the work that that we all did on it. I'm proud of the production that Jace achieved on it. Um, you know, I I released the I released the record I've been trying to release for a long time. And uh, I'm very, like I said, I'm proud of it, and I'm, and I'm pleased that it's getting good response. I knew it would, and uh, I knew there would be a lot of, uh, you know, uh, diversity with it. You know, a lot of people would be negative towards it. And, uh, you know, but I don't write records for other people. I write records for myself, and therefore I'm very proud of what I've done. And uh, I'm sure people will follow, you know, people will follow what they like. Yeah, and does does this feel like um, does this feel like a bit of a, a rebirth in your personal career, Burton? Ah, uh, yeah, it's a it's kind of a new beginning, and uh, I'm very fortunate that I have the uh, the the career that I've had not start at ground level, but you know, still I am re- re- restarting a whole new career, and with Jay's and with John, and it's uh, you know, it's it's. It's exciting, you know. It's, we're, you know, it's, there's a whole lot of new ground to, to cover, and I'm just looking forward to playing live, really. And well, that that leads to that leads me to two two questions, really. Firstly, um, was it, you know, it's, it's I would imagine it's been a long time since you've been feeling kind of excited about, you know, about music in general, but certainly, you know playing live and a new release coming out that is really what you feel you were, you know, put here to do. Exactly. I mean, I'm very excited. Um, almost anxious with the, <laughs> with the anticipation of what, of what, what, you know, I got a lot, I don't know if I got a lot of expectations, but you know, it's, it could be exciting getting out there and makes me anxious to think about playing live. And it's like, Oh, you know, this is going to be a whole new, whole new thing and uh you know it's getting out there live this is what's going to turn what's going to prove people that this is real yeah yeah i are you yeah i can i there there are probably still people out there who think that it's a kind of a one-off project and you're you know you'll, you'll be back in fear factory one day but that's that's kind of you know, that's what they want as opposed to what's actually going to happen, which is you carving out your, exactly. a whole new career. Exactly. 
you know, fans are going to want what they want, but there's the reality, and the reality is that I'm moving forward with essentially the Watchers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, and Jace, are you uh, you excited about playing live as well? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I'm to be honest with you, I'm just really excited to get back on on the drums. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I mean that for me is where it all began years ago, being a drummer. Um, and uh, again, it's like a full circle kind of thing. You know, I'm back on drums again, and and um, back on on drums with a very dear friend and who was an inspiration to me years ago and uh yeah i mean life couldn't be better really I, i'm you know i'm, I'm thank you Jay. oh you're welcome squire that's 50 dollars <laughs> but um <laughs> I'll, I'll pay you later <laughs> thank you very much friends and family but um basically uh <laughs> Yeah, basically, it's, it's you don't you know, need you don't need uh, me on this call. Gee, I I can just record the call. Yeah. <laughs> Chase and I go on forever with this kind of shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're like two old ladies. Um, but uh, yeah, but you know, but more importantly, with that, um, you know, we we got you know we got a great friendship, and um, you know, when when we hang out, it's uh, it's a party, you know, so. Uh, I'm looking forward to that just as much as getting on drums and um, and, and sort of playing on stage with Bert again, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Because obviously, it's yeah, you know, you've been you've been used in. Well, you're both you're both kind of having a bit of a rebirth and doing something completely different at the same time. You know, it, it's 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 a sort of similar-ish but different journey for both of you. That's right. It is. That's right. It is. And it, it's kind of weird because it's like you know you you Jace you know your 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 band is very much you know the Jace Lewis band Burton you were kind of you know you're fronting Fear Factory but now it's kind of it's almost like Jace you're you're going back to the days of being a drummer and Burton you're stepping forward to to sort of you know lead the project as a whole um, those that kind of role reversal there must be a certain amount of um, a kind of feeling of oh, right. I this is you know I kind of remember this, but it's very old. Well, my my solo career as a as a as a vocalist, which is what I certainly in the Asian market and uh, and and parts of Europe, you know that happened out of an accident. Really, I, I didn't even. Um, I mean, if the truth be known, I, I I wasn't and never was very comfortable in being a frontman. Um, and uh barely spoke on stage uh but i did it because i i was so frustrated in being in the background as a drummer that if the band fell apart i'd be out of a job you know i couldn't just be a singer with a guitar and do my own thing so i really put a lot of pressure on myself to to just be robust and uh and you know that that i'm not sort of exposed that way so having done that and then getting an opportunity to get back on drums which is really where my heart really is uh makes perfect sense you know it makes perfect sense i love it and that's that that's that's really cool i mean it's it's you know it's is it fair to say you're sort of falling back in love with the drums or you never fell out of love it's just getting to do it again uh yeah i never i never fell out of love with drums um but it's you uh 
kind of a you know you really are redundant when the when a band ends or whatever you know you you sort of that's it um guitarists and and vocalists just seem to survive uh, <laughs> but drummers and, and and certainly bass players you know it's it's kind of a <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a hard deal uh so i really just had a bit of an idea and threw it out there and then got signed to EMI which i just didn't think if I'm honest, I didn't think it was it would it would really happen, and it did. Um, uh, but um, I have always been itching to get back on drums, so um, here we are. And uh, you know, who not best to do it with but, but my good friend Bert and and John Bechdel. So yeah, yeah. Jason's not Jason's not just like not just a drummer. He's you know he, he's a, he's a partner. You know he's helping things happen. You know it's. No, it's friendship more than anything else, I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, I'm just going to say the obvious thing. Um, that must make a really nice change for you, Burton. <laughs> yes, it does. It's, a, it's like it's a breath of fresh air. God, I tell, I tell you what, there was a long pause before you answered that. I thought, I don't know, I might have pushed the boundaries a bit too far here. <laughs> No, I answered the way I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, and and look, speaking of which, I've 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 got to go there. Um, obviously, there's you know, there's a new Fear Factory album. You're on it. Um, I, I mean, it it must be kind of weird that 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 which is you know recorded a good few years ago um, is sort of you know rearing its head again. Um, uh, when you're when you're kind of in the middle of starting a, com- a completely different career, um, yeah, it's an old record. That record was finished in 2017, uh, delivered, accepted by everybody, and uh, um, it's not technically the album we delivered back in 2017. But you know, uh, I'm proud of everything I've done, and I'm just moving forward. So yeah. uh, people seem to like it. I mean, it's typical Fear Factory. Doesn't really, it's not really, it's not really breaking boundaries or anything. But it's you know, it's what Fear Factory fans want. And are you are you kind of happy to have that as your um, as your sign off from the band? I'm not happy or sad. I'm just I'm just happy moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, making ascension of the watchers a thing that people associate you with, as opposed to um, uh, as opposed to the old band. Well, you know, they're always going to associate me associate me with Fear Factor because there's what like ten, eleven records with my with me singing on it. So, <laughs> you know, Fear Factory fans are going to say, "Oh, we're a mystery in Fear Factory." I'm like, really? Still got ten records to listen to. I mean, <laughs> really only. Technically, you only listen to two of them. So <laughs> <laughs> well, people people are greedy, aren't they? They just want more. It's like you know, I like this and I want more. Yeah, you know, well, that's what they want, and you know, more power to them. But I think they have one last record, and that's, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so you guys, you know, you're gonna you're gonna play some live shows. Is there any, uh, you know, you're about to put out this 
and and it's, it's a fantastic looking package. I can't wait to get my hands on it myself. Um, is there any thoughts or any kind of um, kernels of ideas for for a follow up album? I'm already writing new stuff. And you, Jace? Oh God, I did. Well, uh, yeah, I mean. Um... Yeah, Bert's been sending me uh, a few songs. Um, uh, Demos, just like early demo stuff. Yeah, managed to get sort of Burton familiar with uh, with Logic X, you know, with Logic Pro, um, and now that he's he's got his hands on that and and head around it, it's uh, stuff is sounding great. And um, and I've already been getting some demo stuff, some early sort of uh, demo phase to you know songs and um i'm already getting ideas together you know uh so the follow-up to apocrypha and translations is 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 in the making yes and and that's great the fact as well that it's you know i mean i know personally from being in the you know having that experience of i've started to work on stuff and getting really excited and you can't wait to get it get in the studio and and get to work on it but you know that's months down the line whereas you can literally sort of start working on it whenever you like yeah yeah i mean it's it's uh you know we i mean we did when we did apocrypha i had a few demo ideas from burton um which he did with uh with you know with with john and with uh with a do um a guy called a do uh and you know they were uh they were already written and they've been already done over the span of between eight to ten years whereas you know the 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 two singles that were released the end is always the beginning and ghost heart i mean i was involved with those being constructed at the time and so those songs for me sound although the production is all the same but those two songs there they they sound they they just have something different and i think it was because my injection of idea and and, and things with drums and all of that as well so for us to have that at the beginning of this follow-up is it's going to develop isn't it but yeah um the ideas are developing further uh the the, how i want the watchers to sound it's uh developed Oh, oh well, that sounds. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, that yeah, that's that's never a good sound. Um, I think he's gone through the Hollywood Hills. That's that's uh, that's what happens when you're on the phone. <laughs> Hello. Oh, he's back. Oh. Oh, he's in Northridge now. Yep, maybe I had the um... uh, I'm uh, yeah, I'm in I'm in Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, but say hello to Virginia for me. Um, yeah, it's uh, but so like working. Keep those high bags. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your eyes on the road, dude. <laughs> um, I wanted, to, I, I wanted to ask you, Burton, when you when you say you know like how I how I want the watchers to sound. Um, you know, is that can you can you kind of expand on that? Is is, is that possible? Yeah, well, I believe the, essentially the Watchers is my it's my baby. It's my brainchild. Yeah. Um, it, it's you know the it's the music that comes from my soul. Uh, that it's my passion that I think about. Uh, so 
for me, when I say it's, it's the sound that I want, you know, I have a, I really have a vision. When I have an idea, I have a, I see the big picture. I can hear the big picture. It's yeah. just getting to that point. And Chase is the one who can actually pinpoint my thought processes and is, oh, I, he can understand what I'm trying to uh, explain, what I'm trying to uh, get across. He can extrapolate from all that. So Chase is a, big, you know, a very big part of making that sound happen. Uh, you know, like, for instance, when I have a sound, you know, I have a guitar idea or whatever, uh, you know, in the past I would tell, you know, I had this idea and would uh, have the uh, guitar part down or bass part down. I would go to John. I'm like, John, this is what I hear in my mind. Now, you know, I would explain, like, I have a sound like this. I have a sound like this. I would, I would give examples of other keyboard parts from, like, songs that I like or, or soundtracks that I like. It's like, John, can you try and do this? And I'll do the same for Jay's. You know, Jay's, this is what I hear. Can you do this? And uh, they, would, they would both achieve it. Now that I'm working with, you know, Jay's, like Jay said, he, he, was, he got me working Logic Pro, and I'm, I'm, wrap, I'm wrapping my head around that. Now I know how I have a good idea how to achieve those sounds myself. So that's even, even more helpful. Yeah, and and again, I, I, you know, the word that keeps springing to mind is, is is liberating as well. I mean, you know, this deep into your career to be to be doing something that you are so passionate about that is the music that you know touches your soul, and and being able to you know really get your hands into the creative process as well. This uh, you know this re- this really exactly. is just a, a, a kind of I, I'm sorry, I'm going to be cheesy and use the word. It's kind of a magical time. It is magical. I never thought I'd be like an engineer, honestly, <laughs> you know, making this stuff. Not that I have an engineer like Chase or anything like that, but to actually make these demos happen on my own, of having to having to rely on other people is it is absolutely liberating, and you know I don't have to worry about uh, you know taking other people's time to make this stuff happen. Nor do I have to wait for somebody else to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, nor nor do you have to nag somebody else again and again and again for, to make things happen. Exactly. So, it, yep, liberation. It's the uh, it is a man. It's a, it's a great feeling. And uh, and and Jace, when um, when you know when Burton was talking to you about you know about the the sounds that that he wanted to you know that he wanted to achieve and the and the kind of the vibe and the feel, it sounds like you were just you know, just right on the same page from the off. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I can remember um, he had a very clear uh, idea of the guitar sound. Um, which was uh, kind of a very killing joke, Geordie from Killing Joke kind of thing, with that hollow body and and all of that. Um, but also like the single note kind of stuff, you know. Um, I got a real good idea because obviously, as we know, you know, Nirvana, Nirvana stole that riff from from Killing Joke, you know, eighties. Um, that that sort of notey, dong dong gong 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 gong, that kind of sound was very obvious. But there's also a 12-string guitar uh, that was used on the album, and that was more jangly and uh, sort of reminded me a lot of the birds and 
band called The Birds yeah. and, and things like that, and Mamas and Papas. You know, there was some really great sounds. Um, but, um, you know, putting those classic sounds uh, into a modern world or modern technique, that was, that was a, a, not a challenge, but something I really wanted to take my time on. And I used, believe it or not, I used albums like um, Metallica's Black Album, Rammstein's Mutter Album, even Therapy. I really love the ambience of drums, you know, the, the natural room sound and, you know, where an album wraps around your head. You don't really get that anymore. Uh, and so going back to those old organic techniques that were done on tape and all of that and the recording was something that I I really, really honed in on massively to to get the Apocrypha album to sound like an album of its own it doesn't sound like any other band it doesn't sound like anything else it sounds like its own record um which is what albums used to sound like um you know yeah you know metallica's black album sound that's the only album that sounds that way Manufacture is the only album that sounds that way and and that's something i'm always pushing for is just to get the the vibe of what the ba- what the band brings at that time in the studio, um, and uh, and it's quite easy to do, to be honest. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, I think Burton's idea with the guitar sounds and all of that, you know, and where I and the the magnitude of how I wanted the mix to sound, it just it again, it just went hand in hand. So it's a real play on modern and classic. Uh, all in one, which is what my studio is built as a modern classic, exactly. modern classic analog studio. And that's something I wanted to touch upon earlier when you asked what was all, you know, how did it all come together? Uh, working with Jay's at his studio, and not just working with Jay's in general, because he's a you know fabulous human being. But, <laughs> Fifty dollars again. Bloody hell! <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I'll um, I'll throw in a fifty dollars as well. But um, it's, you know, Chase. You know, he is. He's built. He's built a studio. To have really, a call. It was the answer to all my prayers. It was a modern analog, modern analog studio, using modern technology with its classic analog components. Which mm-hmm. is, it's a it's a boutique studio, but it's a very rare studio that's becoming more so popular as the days go by. And Chase is, is on the, really on the forefront of that type of technology and studio. I, I mean, absolutely. I can only agree with you, uh, Burton. I mean, the, 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 I would say when, you know, when, when our album came out that Jace did a fantastic job on, I would say probably seven to eight out of 10 reviews, all name check Jace and, the quality of the production because because of that exact thing it stands out it's the size it's that analog feel um and and yeah. you know and the thing is that it's, it's it's kind of it's done by you know not using all of the technology that's available yeah there's there's a place for it but ultimately you know if you can mic a drum kit up and make it sound great that's that's a lot better than using the samples well, I, I I think the I think the uh, the skill the, the skill in people understanding how to record drums and make them sound like its own drum kit. When you record that drum kit, 
you know, you want to use that drum kit sound. You don't want to be, yeah. you know, stamping all over it with samples, which is what people do. And the reason they do it is because they they just don't understand phase. They don't understand movement of kits. Um, it's a lot of work. But when you get it right, through trial and error, um, and it helps being a drummer because I, I know where I want to go. I know, I, I know what I want to sound like. Um, and so, yeah, it's a sad it's a sad reality that in production, the old school methods of recording a drum kit, uh, you know, and and it sounds like a real drum kit. The album sounds real. I mean, that's dying out because you've got slate drums, you've got perfect drums, and easy drummer, and and then you got all these guitar emulations. Uh, you know, from neural oh, yeah. and, and STLT, SLT tones, and uh, if everybody, that's why everyone sounds the same. Kemper, you know, all that. Kemper, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the modeling that's making everyone sound the same. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, you're, you're ultimately having a two-dimensional producer ability, really. I mean, part of the reason why an album sounded like it did was because you had a producer, a mix and engineer, and they worked together and they, you know, they understood the value of making this thing sound like its own record. That's gone now. Uh, probably a lot to do with budgets, but uh, that sure. doesn't really, that doesn't really bother me too much. For me, it was mostly about um, learning my craft as a producer, but also, you know, getting a clear vision as to where we're heading with this. And, and, um, yeah, it's it's sad. It's a, it's a sad kind of thing that the production world skill is is it's, it's you know it's a bygone era almost. But I'm going to bring it back, God damn it. <laughs> well, you well, you're doing a good job, and um, and getting the needs getting the needs from Rockfield Studios that um, that uh, uh, Queen used for Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, oh, that's the, the Rossers. Yeah, the Rossers. Yeah, I mean that's fantastic. Oh. I think I think we might have lost Burton again. Oh, he's back! Hooray! No, oh, great! Oh. Lovely. Well, look, guys. <laughs> well, look. I th- thank you so much. This is this is the end of the main interview, but I've got a I've, I've got a, a, a couple of questions from um, subscribers. So um, so please don't go anywhere. But um, but for now, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. And um, you know this this new package that's coming out is. I mean, I've I've heard bits and pieces. It's it just sounds phenomenal, and I've, I think, like you said, it's a, it's a it's a real it's a real kind of throwback to those days of yeah, a remix album of the album you already have. It's a it's a great idea, and um, it's just great to see that kind of thing happening again. Yeah, and I'm very I'm, thank you. I'm very happy that the uh, the album Apocrypha is getting a second chance. Really. And uh, you know, with the with translate with it being released with translations, it's even more uh, in more of a package for fans. So I think it's gonna be fantastic. Absolutely. And like that, they were gone. But of course they weren't, because they stayed to answer Patreon questions. That's right. Um, uh, People who subscribe at Patreon, one of the many benefits that they get of being a patron is they find out who I'm interviewing um, as soon as I do, and they get to submit questions, and they get them, and they get their own little podcast, which is different to the rest of you, because it contains all of their answers. And isn't that really cool? They get this work, they, they get the whole thing, they get it early as well. 
they get a, a monthly live podcast on Zoom. Um, we do um, all sorts of features, album reviews, behind the scenes stuff, um, a radio show, an extra, a, an extra, a whole extra podcast. Um, so there's loads there. It's all six dollars a month, six bucks a month, folks. So um, no need to dig deep. It's only six. It's only six dollars. So um, yeah, sign up please at patreon.com forward slash Howard H Smith, and you will see in the description of this podcast on your device it says, "Yet yeah, that was thunder." This is fucking metal. Um, yeah, uh, in the description it'll say support this podcast. If you click that, you will then, then, be able to join. And sign up at Patreon and get all of the wonderful benefits. Now, um, you know I told you that the uh, that it was total metal and, and, you know, I'd angered the gods and it had gone all metal. Well, I told you, didn't I? And you just heard the thunder. So, uh, well, you've heard the thunder. It's the fucking rain. Hammering it down like I have... Oh, honestly, I haven't seen the like. It really is. It's like and it's it's like end of times rain, like you know, it's gonna st- it's gonna keep going all night, and we're just gonna wash away in some biblical type flood. I fucking hope not. But uh, if I do, if that does happen, um, it's been a pleasure. It really has. Um, too late. Can't sign up for Patreon now. We've all been washed away. Um, but uh, look, in all seriousness, thank you very much um, for supporting the podcast. Really do appreciate it. Um, if, however you support it, if it's sharing it, if it's writing a review on iTunes, should you be passing, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, make them good reviews as well, please. Um, don't go spoiling me average. Um, you know, whatever it is that you do to, to get behind the podcast, tell people about it, whatever, I really do appreciate it. I really do. It's just that I appreciate people who give me money a little bit more. So if you could just see yourself to being one of them and signing up a Patreon, it's not like I'm asking for fucking... I'm not begging. You do get something for your money. You get a shitload of really cool, uh, really cool content. I would say that as a, I'm the one who's producing the content, and B, I'm the one who's selling the content. So, admittedly, I've got a lot of skin in this game. I am the game. So, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm selling hard. But by the same token, everybody who's on there says that they really like it and it's good value. So, uh, also, I mean, you know, I could be making up as well, couldn't I? Really. So, look, just, I like people who give me money. Uh, sign up please will that do <laughs> anyway if you've got this far congratulations thank you very much for taking the time to actually listen to the whole podcast I know some people don't but hey however you enjoy it that's your business I'm cool with that that's absolutely your business um, just want to finish off by saying um, Tom Hunting from Exodus is having surgery for cancer and um, so just sending positive vibes to a former tour, former tour mate um, and somebody who I saw, yeah, not so long ago, about 18 months ago. So it would be really cool um, if that all goes smoothly. Get well soon, Tom, please. So anyway, guys, um, there's a lot to get through in that podcast, wasn't there? There's a lot to think about. So why don't you go and just do that? Go and have a think about everything that came up in the show. And um, if anybody is facing troubles with any of the issues mentioned in the show today, you can contact us on www.dontgiveafuck.co.uk. That is fucking rain.